0: if I do get caught up in that protest, or I might be part of a protest that turns into a riot, what is it that I can do to make myself safer? And if I'm with my family, make my family safer?
1: Welcome to Rain Insights on Security with Brian Lynch. I'm Emily Donahue. From the coronavirus pandemic to summer social justice marches, some of which turned into riots, to the riot at the u s Capitol, which prompted danger warnings throughout the United States, the u s is in the midst of an unusually volatile period in this podcast, Rain founder David Lawrence speaks to Executive Director of Safety and Security Brian Lynch about what to do should you find yourself in a situation that is escalating quickly out of control
2: Brian, uh, first of all, always an honor and privilege to have a conversation with you and I think what prompted my wanting to sit down with you is because we've received so many inbound inquiries from our listeners and our clients around the current environment what's happening in the United States um even globally around the areas of civil unrest and uh we in the last 6 months we've had uh, the director of the FBI, Director Ray, testified before Congress uh, about the FBI's focus and concern around civil unrest and the phrase domestic terrorism. Obviously, the events in Washington. Uh, there have been protests, you know, throughout this period, uh, beginning with uh, George Floyd and, and his tragic death. And I thought it might be helpful because of the extent of your experience, both in senior leadership positions at the FBI and also in leading safety and security at Vanguard, the global leading asset management firm, and now at RAIN, working closely with our clients. Just to get uh, some insights here, maybe we'll start with an overview of the threat landscape and what's happening and sort of your view of the recent incidents
0: of uh, civil unrest. Thanks David, it's it's always great to be with you. And we are certainly living in unprecedented times, right? Where you can be caught up in a protest anywhere where where you may find yourself whether that's in a capital city like Washington DC or any of the other state capitals around the United States. And it really comes down to if I do get caught up in that protest, or I might be part of a protest that turns into a riot, what is it that I can do to make myself safer? And if I'm with my family, make my family safer? Or if I'm with friends, how do I navigate that with my friends as far as extricating myself from that situation or doing the things that we teach to make yourself as safe as you can be. And that comment about how do you become safer is never more prevalent than today, given what we've seen recently with the D.C. riots on the 6th and, as the FBI indicated, that there's possible civil unrest in each one of our 50 state capitals. uh, This is certainly top of mind. So, Brian, maybe you can give our
2: listeners some guidelines, and we'll kind of unpack this a little bit. But as a first-order business, and particularly because people are not just concerned about themselves, but their family members, as you indicated, and uh, very often children, not yet of an adult age, what are some of the guidelines? Let's start with. How to avoid these types of situations? How do you identify where there could be areas of civil unrest? How do you stay clear of them?
0: How do you stay up to date? Well, obviously, we want to make sure that we are up on and cognizant of the latest news reporting. And whether you have that information pushed to you on your mobile device or any other device that you may have in your possession just to stay up on what the latest is relative to news reporting and what could happen. And then, r- really, it's it's part of getting into a process of when I'm out, away from my home, I'm traveling somewhere outside of my uh, normal day-to-day activity. I want to make sure that I am aware of my surroundings You know, instead of walking with my phone in my hand and paying attention to the next text, I might have my phone in my pocket and I am paying attention to who is around me. And as I'm doing that, I'm scanning the area to decide for myself if there's something here that might be a threat to me or might be a situation that might develop into a threatening situation. And then how do I extricate myself from that area? So it's really about awareness of your surroundings. It's really the first step.
2: There also have been a number of pronouncements that have been made by officials about staying out of certain areas or certain security is going to be in place. Uh, What I've often found is uh, people can get numb to these announcements. They get a bit complacent and obviously... There are a number of different sources of information that one can go to. You're not just an expert in security, but you're you're a father and a grandfather. What do you stay attuned to from a public standpoint in terms of assessing the risk of a particular
0: area? What are your favorite sources? So I have a number of ways that I stay up on news. I have feeds that come to me that are pushed to me from news outlets Uh, that push information out on a routine basis. For example, Apple News will collect news across the spectrum of items that I am interested in, and then they send that to me, and it is continually updated every minute of every day. That's one example. Uh, There are others, but I think the key really is getting into a process of how do I collect information on a continual basis so that I am aware of what's going on, not only in my neighborhood, but in my city, in my town, in my state, in my country.
2: The other rule that uh, I know you and I have shared is that when leaders of different agencies speak, you should take them seriously, whether it's the heads of the local police department, the director of the FBI... uh, various heads of Homeland Security, and uh, what I'll even say is, you know, certain trusted elected officials who are charged with safety and security. So just, you know, ultimately, staying current around safety and security is a proactive exercise. Let me quickly switch gears, because I know you have spent a lot of time advising clients and, in turn, even families about what happens in particular situations, how to behave, how to act if you find yourself in the middle of social unrest, civil unrest, uh, if there's a demonstration that flares up, if confronted, if you're in a uh, citizen police encounter. Maybe you can share some of the lessons there. And I will just put in further context. uh, We've gone through a very, very tumultuous period, And the right to assemble and the right to protest and the right to exercise one's free speech is very, very important. So some of the advice that Brian's about to dispense is not to discourage anyone from doing it, but rather, if you are going to engage, how to engage safely. And if inadvertently you're caught up in things, how to manage that situation.
0: Absolutely, David. We have seen in the last year an unprecedented number of protests. Across the U.S., whatever the topic is, people have a right to assemble and to protest in a safe and effective manner. What we're talking about here is when that crosses the line to rioting, destruction of property, God forbid somebody gets hurt or killed, and it escalates. What do I do? I didn't come to the protest for that end, but now it's happening. How do I handle that? And as we mentioned before, the awareness of that situation will be around you. You will understand that the particular protests that are happening are escalating. There may be an escalation in the rhetoric People may start throwing items, uh, people may have weapons, etc. So the awareness will be there. And then what do you do about it? What we teach is, and what we advise our clients, is really a process around five steps. So once you become aware, you assess. And you're assessing what does this mean to me and my safety? Once I assess that, then I'm looking at what my options are and then once I have figured out what option works for me I have to assess what that risk is and then I act so it's really awareness assessment options risks and action and once I decide what to do then to do that as quickly and as safely as I can so for instance if I decide that I'm going to stay in the area and protect myself, that might mean a sheltering situation. I might be hiding. And the risk there is that I'm hiding in an area that is escalating. So that's a risk to me that I'm willing to accept at that particular point, for whatever reason, whatever those factors might be. Or you may say, it's time for me to leave, and then I'll decide how to get out of there as quickly and as safely as I can. Now, one of the risks involved in leaving is that you may run into an area or into a particular zone that might be much more dangerous and in the unlikely scenario one needs to understand that you may have to fight uh, and you don't want to do that but you know it may be a situation where that is thrust upon you so that's the five step process but the key really is is out of line of sight understanding that if Everything is really escalating around you. The key is to get out of that area, out of line of sight, and protect yourself. And we also talk to our clients about if you're going to leave the area, completely depart the area. Don't hang around to find out what's going on uh, because you never know whether that escalation is now going to engulf where you are. And one last point on that, David. Everybody tends to look at it in a zero-sum game. There may not be a perfect solution, but maybe these actions make you safer, and that's okay. We want to be able to communicate those actions and what you have decided to do to others around us that may be with us, and then make that decision and act as quickly and as safely as you can. Number One,
2: all these situations are very fluid and and they can appear peaceful and all of a sudden flare up in unpredictable and violent ways, so it's important to stay attuned to these things. Secondly, if it does appear that a situation is about to become violent or in fact it has become violent, the best advice is leave the area as quickly as possible. don't linger, don't photograph don't video to the extent that there are directions being provided by law enforcement officials. Follow those directions literally quickly. And if I can add, just as from a safety and security standpoint, engaging in provocative rhetoric with law enforcement is just not a particularly good idea. It doesn't accomplish anything and can have significant downside. Brian, if I can just add you've often talked about the importance of people keeping their hands where they can be viewed by the police. Uh, Officers always worry about a weapon or somebody drawing a weapon, et cetera. And, you know, palms open, hands up, and and in a non-threatening way is very, very important. The importance also, because you've talked about this, because understandably uh, a lot of young people are very, and have been very concerned about the course of our country and, and leadership and things like that. And so they have been again, understandably drawn to protests and demonstrations and gatherings to communicate solidarity with a cause. None of this should be discouraged, but it should always be with safety and security first in terms of the type of event, where the event's being held, who's organizing it. And, um, with, members of your family having very clear instructions about what to do and what not to do. So we'll be circulating a a cheat sheet uh, for people to have a checklist. Brian, is that a, a
0: reasonable overview? It certainly is. And David, you and I have talked to clients about the practical concepts to consider to keep yourself safe. And what we've classified that as is street survival. How do I survive when things are going awry, whether that's civil unrest or I'm traveling and something happens near me, near the hotel? What is it that I need to do? How do I protect myself? And what steps can I take to make myself safer? Whether you're going out to a protest or you're traveling, we always say try to blend into the surroundings relative to the clothing that's worn, the type of clothing, uh, the colors that might be used. Pay attention to that type of uh, wear uh, that, that you might decide to put on for that particular day. We talked about awareness before and scanning the area. So that means look at people, but don't really look at people. Avoiding direct eye contact. Some people take direct eye contact as a threat. And if you're in an area that has a protest or it's an unplanned protest and it, it somehow just percolates and, and you're now involved in an area that is uh, under uh, protest activity, uh, what we're saying is if if you're not interested in staying, if you don't and did not have any intention of being in that protest, then it's really to your best interest to move away calmly but quickly. And as you're doing that, avoiding choke points, areas that have uh, people and that there's a very narrow way to either depart or there seems to be some sort of, of a traffic jam, if you will, with people. And another thing relative to how you travel or how you move about is, uh, you know, avoid the display of any wealth, either on your person or in your vehicle as you park it. Uh, you know, hide those computers and and anything that the wallet, uh, anything else that you may want to leave in your vehicle, in the trunk or in the glove box. Uh, and then, of course, try not to wear the watch, the jewelry, etc. when you're out, because they may become a target uh, for the particular group or individual who is in that business or sees the opportunity. Uh, and, the, and the last thing really is about being situationally aware. And, and that is really about who's with you, who's around you, who's walking next to you. Uh, why is that person getting so close to me? Uh, all those things that, that you should be aware of uh, as, you're, as you're moving about doing your business. You know, the last point is really about being able to defend yourself and just being aware that that might be a possibility. Uh, and then, you know, how you are walking and how you carry yourself is important. You know, we used to teach this and we, and we certainly teach this to clients when you're in an airport and you're walking. Are you walking on the tips of your toes? Are you leaning forward? Or do you look like you're walking with a purpose? And that's critically important to understand how you are viewed by others. And, you know, the, the last point uh, I, I want to get in uh, here is when you're parking your vehicle, where do you park it? Is it lit? Are you hiding items that can be seen if somebody peeked into your car? When you approach your car at night, uh, do you have the keyless entry in your left hand, your weak hand? So that your strong hand is available uh, in case you need to use it to defend yourself, uh, and also uh, one of the things David, you and I have talked about it uh, as well, is you know consider taking defensive classes, defensive tactics classes, and and understanding that uh, you know that's important. Uh, staying in shape is important, uh, and being able to defend yourself when you need to. It's not like walking around with an attitude. It's more along the lines of preparation.
2: Let me add the, I'll call it the scenario that hopefully none of our listeners will find themselves in, and that is one in which there's gunfire. It's an active shooter or some kind of commission of a violent crime, or possibly, you know, it's a it's a situation where the police and armed gunmen are uh, engaged in a uh, in a shootout just some very very simple reminders for people what to do when they find themselves in those situations or suspect that that's what's going on and it might be helpful for you to even sort of remind our audiences
0: what gunfire sounds like because it's not Hollywood yes David it's uh, and it really comes back to the five-step process I talked about before a lot of people hear gunfire and initially think that it, it's a backfire on a vehicle or it's a uh, dropped garbage can or it's, uh, it's something else that doesn't, that, that gunfire does not immediately come to the first question, geez, is that gunfire? If you hear something that sounds like gunfire, you know, maybe you assume that it is. And then you begin the process of awareness. You look at your surroundings, you assess what's going on, and then you look at your options and your risks. And the first thing that we teach our clients is to get out of line of sight. So if you know where that gunfire came from, it's critically important that you get behind something that can protect you. Now, that begs the question of what's the difference between cover and concealment that's important because i am in a cover situation when i'm behind a cinder block wall i'm in a concealment situation when i'm behind uh, a wall that's made of plasterboard and there's a big difference because the gunfire the round will typically not be able to go through this cinder block wall but it will definitely go through the plasterboard wall. So there's a difference between cover and concealment. And what we teach is making sure that you keep yourself very small in that area, whether you're laying flat on the ground or you're huddled in a corner. But it's critically important to get out of line of sight. And then you have to go through that process of assessment, awareness, what are my options, risks, and what is my action? Do you feel comfortable staying around and hiding in an area where there's gunfire? Do you find that you would prefer to leave and know the risk is that I might run into that firefight or that person who is actually firing the weapon? But I'm okay with accepting that risk because I believe, for me, the best thing to do is to leave that area. Research has shown that action quickly and confidently will make you safer. And if you're thinking about where I can go to find what to do, uh, there are a number of sites uh, that will talk about that. Rain has some materials, but there's other materials out there that DHS puts out, that the FBI puts out as well. And it's it's critically important that you have that conversation with your family members and your maybe your friends and your coworkers, and understanding that there are plans and there are actions that can make me safer. In those situations, you're never safe. You're trying to make yourself safer. And that's the goal. The other
2: point in the few minutes we have remaining is a reminder that there's very little these days that doesn't get captured in some form. Video, photographs, police cameras, which are now more and more ubiquitous on the streets. Could be a bystander, could be a participant. And the importance of remembering that what is happening and how you behave can be captured very, very quickly and um, can raise, you know, potential issues for people who might have started to just peacefully protest, but because of the emotion, because of the crowd behavior, because of possibly police behavior, etc., Uh, things escalate and they get out of hand. But as the incidents of Washington, D.C. continue to unfold and videos continue to be revealed and the investigation expands, it is absolutely imperative that people remember in a wide variety of encounters, organized or impromptu, most important, Brian emphasizes, number one, Remember, your actions may be recorded, and those recordings will be a lasting testament to what has occurred, and any explanation or additional context will be sort of very, very hard-pressed to rebut what people see. And the second thing is how quickly violence can escalate with words, with a particular situation between groups, between individuals, between the police and citizens, etc., And it's important for people to remind themselves of these things as a way of staying in the moment, de-escalating within themselves, de-escalating the situation, walking away to press whatever the issue is on another day, in another place, and in another way. And Brian, I put that out there because I, I think that becomes some of the best advice uh, for people to follow and some of the best advice that I've heard dispensed.
0: And it really comes down to the ultimate goal is to leave the area and go home to your family. It's not worth getting into an argument with someone because that person may not be like you. He or she may not care if they get involved in a skirmish and that leads to a stabbing or a shooting. It's critically important that the de-escalation techniques that are available that we teach be initiated, but quickly the person should not engage further and should remove themselves from that situation as quickly and as safely as can be done. You've seen in the news where a bystander gets involved with someone whether it's a traffic incident they get out of the car the problem is is that you really don't know the intent and capability of your adversary you don't know if that person is packing a gun has a knife it's just not worth the risk as we discuss at rain this is all about risk management and what are you prepared to do try to eliminate but at least limit your exposure risk to areas that are uh, threatening to your person and to your family. So the key, as we like to say, is discretion is the better part of valor sometimes. And it's all about removing yourself from that situation without injury. And there
2: are always ways to address and redress Situations in another time and another place, you know, particularly in the COVID environment and a highly politicized environment, they're important issues and everyone should just stay safe and well and be in a position to press on with their particular causes as well as their viewpoints in a peaceful way. So Brian, thank you so much and we'll stay tuned. And with the inauguration coming up, let's hope for a very peaceful transition, not only in Washington DC but in all 50 states and throughout the world.
1: Thank you, David.
0: Thank you, Brian.
1: Individuals and organizations turn to Rain for risk intelligence that cuts through the hype to focus on what they need to know, what to expect, and what to do. Whether they are physical, digital, or other complicated risks, our teams help yours manage risk with critical insights and expertise to manage better outcomes. Join us at RAINNetwork.com. That's r-a-n-e network dot com I'm Emily Donahue thanks for listening